S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We got some awesome things to talk about this week. New free items on the Unreal Store. Make sure you redeem them. We're going to break down what those things are. We're going to talk about suits on Netflix. We're going to talk about Netflix on Netflix and how Netflix is doing great things right now in the streaming market after people said for years that they were going to get killed and they were going to die. Well, the numbers are in and we got some things to talk about when it comes to that. We're going to talk about a Loki rewatch. I'm rewatching the show Loki because Loki season two comes out October 6th. We're going to get into that. And I have a lot of takes on that and new perspective because I'm playing the Marvel Multiverse RPG role playing game on my pen and paper. It's a pen and paper game. I'm learning a whole lot about that. I've got takes on Marvel Unlimited, the streaming service where you can get cloud games. I got takes on Xbox Game Pass where I'm currently playing Starfield and I have my opinion on that and it's either they're all previews and opinions and all this kind of stuff. It's a jam-packed week. We got music of the week, we got movie of the week, and we probably got other things to talk about that I don't even remember. So I hope you guys are ready. Let's get it going. So playing the new Starfield game, uh, which is available for Xbox, and if you don't have Xbox, do not worry, because you can be playing it right now if you have Xbox Game Pass. Game Pass, if you don't know, is like Netflix. Um, Basically, you sign up, it's like $17, $18 a month, and you can stream games over the cloud. You don't have to install them, most games, and Starfield's one of them. Um, From the launch date, you can already stream it and play, and that's awesome. I uh, played on my cell phone. I played on an iPhone, and it looks beautiful. It looks amazing. Um, it kind of makes you wonder why you ever need consoles again. Now, on the iPhone, I'm also using the Backbone controller, which I highly recommend. Came highly recommended to me by one of my friends. I got it on sale for like seventy bucks, but sometimes they're like about a hundred dollars. So, if you have an iPhone and you're interested in going that route, you don't have an Xbox, you can do that. Otherwise, you can play it from pretty much any computer. Since you're streaming it, it doesn't require the computer to have any kind of graphics. You're basically getting like a video coming to your, your browser. And I've seen it on my laptop, and it looks beautiful on my laptop. It looks even better, really. Um, the screen being bigger and it being through the browser doesn't give you that crisp, you know, um, definition you would expect from like a PS5 or the newest Xbox systems. However, the game, a game like basically Fallout and Skyrim, a really large game, isn't going to have... Um, all, it's not going to be all about the graphics anyway. While the game looks good... In all formats, really, the, the game is about is the gameplay in these kind of games. And a game like Starfield, you know, it's something that, um, you know, really when I look at, you know, I talk about Cyberpunk a lot on the podcast. Cyberpunk, I think, 2077. always forget the number to that, that game. And um, it's, a, it's a less memorable game. I saw that today they had some updates for that game. And in the comments immediately, you see everyone's talking about all the disappointments still. How they wish certain things were in the game or how they thought certain things were going to be in the game based on the trailer. That game, to me, you know, even more so than No Man's Sky, had just the biggest amount of false advertising I'd ever seen. And it's really gotten me out of the habit of wanting to even watch trailers or anything like that for games. So for Starfield, I'm not aware of any of the hype surrounding it. But so far, the reaction seems to be pretty good. i played about two hours of it so far. Got to create my character, go through the initial beginning of the game. And um, I've I seen people online saying, a common thread I've seen is they're saying that the game doesn't really start until about 10 hours into the game. That you kind of got to do the main quest and don't just go off on your own beating path to like do whatever. And, um, and then you kind of figure out what the game's about. So then in the future, through like future playthroughs, you might enjoy it more. I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't know why people play Fallout. Um, I'm sure there are some people 
who play Fallout as if it's a shooting game. And they just love shooting people or whatever. Um, and those like Call of Duty kind of fans and stuff like that who see Fallout and see guns and think, oh, I, I get to shoot in this game. Fallout is not really a shooter. It has decent, decent shooter mechanics. Not really nothing to write home about. The game is more about the choices and the options you get. And that's immediately apparent. Once you get past, you know, basically the open tutorial and you create your character, which might be about 30 minutes, um, much like the opening to Oblivion, for example. Um, even Skyrim, actually. There's a little opening section in Skyrim that kind of holds your hand and then you have to go do your own thing. So just like that same exact formula is how this game works. And once you're... Out of that first little, you know, gap, um, I started noticing things that make the game feel just like Fallout. Like walking around and seeing some tape on a table and be able to take the tape. You know, steal the tape, steal the screwdriver, even though you don't need it. It's not even stealing because you're, you're, like you're in like a base, basically. But, um, yeah, looking around and being interested in the entire environment. I actually went back off the beating path and went to um, a room. I was wondering if this was the kind of game that, you know, wanted me just to follow my objective or wanted me to look around and find things. And sure enough, I found a bunch of things. Um, so, you know, special weapons. I found some other kind of material on the planet's surface. It's, uh, you're, you're in space. And they, they're kind of saying, hey, you know, nothing to do here. Just go go on and leave. And sure enough, I said, you know what? I wonder how big is this planet? Where can I walk around? And it's a pretty desolate planet. So there's not a lot of stuff. But there was things to find. They do want you to explore. And I really enjoyed that. Because you kind of make your own adventure. You could just play it, hop on the plane and leave. Or you could look around. Or if you played it again, you might say, oh, I know where everything is. I'm going to go grab those things and then get on the plane and leave. Or you might sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to sit here and try to get as many resources I can before I leave because I want kind of a head start. And a lot of reviews are saying, oh, don't do that like you do in other Bethesda games. Just stick to the main storyline and then you'll you know, um, gets to the main point of the game. And I, I honestly think if you play Fallout, you play Skyrim, the main point of the game starts at the very beginning of the game. They're exactly the same. Um, you know, you can get outfits, change the way your character looks. There's even some updated features on how you can manage how your character looks to different kinds of outfits that are all readily available right from the get-go. So just off the first two hours so far, it's starting off better. The graphics are more improved. Um, and some of the features they have more improved than previous games like Fallout. Um, and even Elder Scrolls. You know, I saw that in the first day, there's already 100 mods that hit the, the web for the game. I'm not playing with any mods. I don't, I don't think you can mod the game on Game Pass. But um, I look forward to it. Al already, I know this is the game that after I play through the whole thing, I'm going to probably get it again on the computer one day and get it with mods. And hopefully it's a game that we're playing for the next 5 or 10 years. It looks like so far it's gearing up to be that. And I'm really happy that they took their time, you know, getting the game out so far. I did get to experience space combat, and that's really different than what I really enjoy. I enjoy the arcade styles of No Man's Sky. This one is a bit more serious. Um, it gets more like an RPG that you would kind of expect. A little more immersive than maybe like an arcade game like No Man's Sky. So I have to learn how to, get, how to deal with that and get around it. Um, but also, it looks like so far that there isn't going to be... A lot of stuff to do in space because it's space. Now, um, I remember people were complaining about that. They're kind of complaining that compared to like No Man's Sky, which is the one game, the only space game everyone's comparing it to, that you don't fly around and do as much stuff in space, which I didn't expect because the game is pretty much running the Fallout Skyrim engine. And it looks like there's some kind of mini game in space that you kind of do that's supposed to give you the illusion that you're in space. And for the most part, it did. Um, but then around that part, I stopped playing the game, and that's my little preview I'm giving you guys of Starfield. 
So definitely go check it out. Again, if you have any kind of computer that can run, you know, YouTube on your browser, it's worth trying. There's a seven-day free trial for Game Pass. And this is one of those games that, um, you know, it's a huge, huge game. And to get access to it for like 17 bucks, if you don't even like it for that one month, you know, you could try the trial. Or if you're playing for that one month and you pay the actual whole price, there's a bunch of other games on Xbox Game Pass that you could try. You're bound to find something that you enjoy. Um, yeah, but that's everything I have to say about that. So I hope you guys check out Starfield. Music of the Week. For Music of the Week this week, I'm nominating Ima Robot. Ima Robot, I-M-A Robot, is a band from L.A. Um, they've kind of formed around the 90s. And they, the band I've never heard of was completely not on my radar. Or my radar. And recently I've become aware of them because of the show that's right now. One of the biggest things we're talking about on Netflix is the show called Suits. People are going crazy about this show. It's a show that was made by the USA Network, and I almost never heard of it. Um, and it's like nine seasons, I think, almost. And it's popped up on Netflix, and everyone's going crazy about it. I want to talk about that more in the streaming portion of the podcast. But Emo Robots, um, they have the song from, you know, Suits, um, The Greenback Boogie, which is the theme song for the show, which is a great song. I know I, I love the song a lot. I think it's so cool and so different. Um, they have other songs like A is for Action and Creep Me Out. But you can listen to them on Spotify, and they're very experimental. So you go in, don't think they're going to have a bunch of songs that sound like Greenback Boogie. That's not the case. They're going to have a lot of different experimental songs. And I think with a band like that, you got to listen a little bit more and try a little bit harder. Skip the songs you don't like, um, but you understand that they're trying to be really creative and really experimental. And I thought that was a fresh take, something new to add to the you know, music of the week portion. It's not necessarily that they're like, you know, it's a great band, it's 100%, and I'm saying every single song is great. I'm saying that's a, they're a band out there who's experimenting and occasionally coming up with really cool things. So if you have the time, you want to give them a try, look them up, and that's my pick for music of the week. It's that wonderful time of the year that you're getting to see the unreal content that's free in the marketplace free for the month new content is out right now go log into the unreal store add the content to your account save it it's free you don't need it right now you might need it later i keep warning everybody keep telling you and it's almost too late at this point um i mean definitely you can come in and there's no reason not to start now but the fortnite creative community is aggressive Every week, every Tuesday, I'm seeing brand new maps, really, really, really good maps become featured. Um, using the Unreal Engine, rethinking the way people think about Fortnite. There's entirely new ways to play the game live right now inside Fortnite. Um, it's just, they're complete, um, Connect 4, uh, Chest, Uno, completely made in Fortnite. Using your Fortnite characters, some of them have weird mechanics like shooting the cards to make them move. Um, oh, I mean, I, I can't even explain to you the digital assets are coming in all these new kinds of characters and 3d models that they're getting from Sketchfab and from the unreal marketplace, um, new animations, things we haven't seen. And this is not even, this is like still the alpha basically, like, or maybe I guess you might call it the beta, but this is still not even the fully launched flow that Epic is aiming to have with Sketchfab, unreal, Fortnite creative, the actual unreal engine. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And already, if you're making regular maps in Fortnite Creative, um, it's extremely competitive when you see what people are doing with the Unreal Engine. So, like, there's new items in the Unreal Store right now, like a basic multiplayer melee combat system. 
uh, with a sword and a shield. You can kick each other. If it looks like it's first person or third person, that looks really cool. I don't know if you could add that to your Fortnite game, but definitely you could add it into whatever game making it Unreal. Um, and if you can't add it right now, and, and it all seems that in the near future, that's what they, they're going to have you doing. Uh, a beautiful safe house location that you can add, really high graphics. A palace hall that looks amazing, looks beautiful. Interiors to uh, an apartment building. That looks great. And then finally, a quest editor plugin. Now, I'm not, I'm interested in that, but I'm not too sure about what the quest, quest editor plugin is. Because I imagine you already can, like, write quests. But if this is something even more robust that lets you actually create your own, like, quest trees, and you can take that one day into Fortnite Creative, um, it's only a matter of time. So I always tell people, if you have any kind of ideas, if you have anyone in your family that you think would be interested in doing this, you got to tell them about it. You got to help them out. Because once they get these items live and they get them on the Unreal Store or they get them as Fortnite Creative, you know, when people start playing them, there's all kinds of opportunities there for them, especially if they're trying to build their brand. Now, also, you know, if you have friends that are artists and stuff like that, you know, I recommend them getting into Sketchfab, downloading Blender, learning how to make 3D, uh, 3D objects, and selling those items to content creators who want to create items, you know, create different kinds of content inside the Fortnite creative system. It's just so much money to be made here from the, the you know, from your, basically, from the comfort of your own home. Blender is free if you want to make your own 3D items. Um, the Unreal Engine is free. Um, Fortnite is free. Using Fortnite Creative is free. There's The barrier entry is so low, and there's so many high-quality YouTube tutorials. And even on the Epic's you know, website, there's all kinds of official tutorials about the Unreal Engine. If you have a computer that can run it, um, I was even surprised. My computer can kind of run creative mode on like medium to low graphics, which isn't bad. Um, but I definitely can see myself taking the plunge in the future and upgrading my computer specifically for the sole purpose of being able to have me and my daughter use it more to make our maps better in Unreal. Um, there's just so many cool features. And as far as a you know a great game goes, a game I'm really excited about that I played already on Fortnite Creative twice is a game called um, Mega Coin Tycoon. If you don't, ha if you need the island code, let me know. Mega Coin Tycoon, Tycoon is like an idle uh, tycoon game, which usually only works on a cell phone. I would never think that it would work on a console because why would you want to be like standing around not doing anything while like your business makes money? But it's perfectly balanced where you're always doing something. And it's a game that lasts about half an hour long. You probably might stay in there for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, which is a great amount of time for a Fortnite map. It's great for the creator. This is encouraging you to play that long. But it's also a great example of how you can use very simple systems in Fortnite to make a whole different kind of game, like a business tycoon. Basically, you're running a farm in this game. Um, but it incorporates all the aspects of Fortnite. It incorporates shooting. It incorporates um, you know, mining. It incorporates, um, I don't know, pickaxing or melee combat. It's just crazy. Um, all the ideas they have, the timing of everything's good. And you can actually play with four people. You can do it by yourself or play with four people. And all the money you guys make all helps each other build a business faster. And it's just so fun. So Mega Coin Tycoon is the one I'm talking about. Again, if you can't find it, if it's not still featured in like the up-and-coming Unreal Engine stuff, let me know. I'll send you guys the item code. You got, you got to check it out. You got to get into Fortnite Creative. It's just every single week there's brand new things going on. You don't want to miss this stuff. Here's a hot take for you. We need to put an end to hot takes. And I didn't put much thought into that. I don't know how we're going to do it, and that's why it's a hot take. And in itself, that's what the problem is with hot takes. I think we've gotten too comfortable just giving quick reactions, just saying things, just tweeting something, deleting it later. 
We've become a society where we don't like it when people say things they're not supposed to say. However, we encourage people to say things without thinking. Instead of think before you speak, it is like people just act like it's okay to just throw out their opinion, right? And that's my hot take there saying, well, you know what? People need to stop and think about what they're saying more. We shouldn't allow this hot take culture, right? Everything's a culture. And in a way, hot take culture has become that because you can see people say things that sometimes is, you know, a really good gut reaction and other times it's completely stupid and they'll do it online and just preface it with saying, oh, here's a hot take for you. Boom. And they say something that seems like they know may be pretty questionable, but for some reason they just want to say it later. And if they guess it works out for them, they can use it. If they want to take it back, take it back. And you guys are going to understand exactly what made me think about this one thing. Um, is one, I see kids, kids do this a lot, right? And I guess kids have always had you know, the ability to say things without thinking about it. However, now that they're being armed with the idea that, oh, this, this is like a hot take. Now it's like they're, you're encouraging ignorance, right? So I'm not for that. Number two, um, there's something about this game called Marvel Snap that you guys probably don't play. It's one of the top rated cell phone games out there. So maybe you do play and we just haven't talked about it. But I saw someone put up a comment that said, um, oh, Shang-Chi should be reduced. Um, instead of destroying cars that cost nine power, he should only be able to destroy cards to cause eight power. And um, you guys don't probably understand how stupid that was. But basically, it would ruin the entire game. Um, that person obviously had no idea what they're talking about. And I kind of feel like if they thought about it for like 10 more minutes, they would have realized that that's a horrible thing to call for. But they started the topic. They, they wrote down hot take. So it's like, wait a second, you had time to think about this and write this down, and still you were just so comfortable not really exploring your opinion here. You just wanted to put it out there online. Of course, it caused a giant argument. Everyone was um, you know, yelling in the comments. This thing was blowing up. And even that shouldn't even be encouraged, right? But again, I think if everyone would have said, oh, this is a hot take, let's just scroll past this because obviously this person hasn't even taken the time to consider what they're actually feeling or thinking and, you know, figure out if they should even say this. Maybe they don't even stand by this. There's no way he can stand by that comment. Um, I'm trying to think of a, an equivalent, you know, something more social. But I really can't. You guys should be playing Marvel Snap. It's a great game. Um, so download Marvel Snap right now. That's an unofficial, unauthorized plug of Marvel Snap. Because um, it's a great game. You guys have a great time playing it. And a new Loki season's coming out, um, so it's a great time to jump in. They've always making changes, and they added this awesome Loki music. And that kind of goes into the next thing we want to talk about here. So we're going to go hot takes and Loki rewatch in one, in one clipping. Um, I'm rewatching Loki, and I wasn't a big fan of Loki the first time through. I felt like it was a lot like Eternals in the sense where it was explaining a lot of stuff. But now that I'm rewatching Loki and I've seen Quantumanium, I've, I'm reading the comics. I have this awesome Marvel multiplayer um, role-playing book that I bought. I'm into all this stuff right now. I'm learning a lot about Kang and the timelines and trying to grasp some of it. I still feel like we're not there yet. I still feel like the MCU hasn't really said the, what it's trying to say yet. So there's a lot of theories out there, even my own theories. But I feel like no one's really 100% right yet because we don't really know what Marvel's stance is going to be on a few key, uh, a few key items. But Loki season one, as I rewatch it slowly, I give every episode like a day. I um, process, I reflect on it. Not a fan of episode three, even during the rewatch. I'm not a fan of TV shows having unnecessary martial arts scenes with people who are not martial artists just to fill time. There's three fight scenes in Loki season uh, episode three. I don't know what it's doing. It's not making anyone feel like Loki is cooler. 
Um, Iron Fist could easily wash him, right? And I, I use Iron Fist because I feel like he's like the lowest tier character I can think of. Um, but, you know, you know Loki's not going be, to be able to beat someone like that in a fight. So why are you showing me over and over again that he can beat up random civilians in hand-to-hand -hand fights? It doesn't matter to me. He's not strong. That's not what he does. But for some reason, they keep having these four or five-minute sequences in the show in episode three. And that's a little annoying. However, overall, the whole show, I actually find it to be very, very good with a second rewatch. And I encourage everyone to rewatch it, especially since season two is about to come out on October 6th, which is about four weeks from now. It gives you plenty of time to slowly go through Loki season one and really listen to what they're saying. Look up some of the fan theories. They're interesting, but I don't think anyone's got it completely yet. Um, but it really brings up this really cool idea where they're explaining how what Kang is going to do and how impactful it's going to be. And there's a lot of examples. You can't be on your cell phone. You got to watch it. You got to look at the screen. You got to pause it sometimes. You got to rewind it sometimes because they're showing you a lot of ideas. And I think it's a really, really good story and really fun in that way. When it comes to a TV show, I don't think many TV shows actually demand of us to dive in at all. And normally I would say that's bad writing and bad showmaking because the modern audience doesn't really want that. But because we're working with something that's so complex across all these storylines and really trying to redefine how pop culture thinks of time travel, um, it's, it's an amazing challenge. I'm, I'm hoping Marvel can pull it off because so far I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, it's interesting because thinking about how what Marvel's saying about the timeline, I was talking to a friend about how in Deadpool and, um, and, and basically X-Men Days of the Future Past, they both have different interpretations on how time travel could work. But we know Deadpool and Wolverine are coming to the MCU. And I think we've all assumed that it's they're bringing their own universes. The same way Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, when they were in No Way Home with Spider-Man, they basically made it seem as if, you know, Toby or not, or you know, Tom Holland could go to their universe, right? That those Sony verses basically um can count with the MCU. They can stand neck and neck, and it's okay. So that didn't matter because in those movies, there is no way that they time travel. But in Deadpool 2, they specifically explain how they time travel because they has that in there. And it's in direct contradiction to how the entire thing works in Marvel. So they have to, like, just ignore it? Or I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Maybe they say that, you know, a lot of the things that Deadpool were doing was a joke. Or maybe they just completely ignore it. However, then the problem is there at Wolverine. Wolverine, again, is another time traveler. Will they just ignore it? Maybe. Maybe they just will act like they're completely not a part of anything else. In that situation, are they then just making new characters without having to say it? So it's like um, in the DC, you know, current movie shaping up, shaping up thing they're doing there, they have Blue Beetle, and he's had a movie, but they're not counting his movie. The next time you see Blue Beetle, it'll, whatever happened in his movie didn't happen. They're just not going to talk about it. That's what they've said about how they're going to handle Blue Beetle. So maybe that's what they're doing at Marvel. Maybe they're going to have you know Wolverine Deadpool show up and just be the MCU's version of Wolverine and Deadpool. And they're not actually the people who lived through and experienced all the other things that we know about it. And the day, I guess it doesn't matter. If they don't harp on it or they just keep moving forward, maybe no one even stops to ask. Maybe no one cares. Um, but I would like to see those characters do something more substantial in the MCU. So maybe this is a one and done, just funny kind of thing, um, which is fine. And that's fun. But hopefully it's something a little more serious, a little more in depth. So we'll have to see about that. But definitely check out Loki and do a rewatch if you can. Take your time. Let me know if you have any questions. I feel like I'm actually at this point becoming like a, a Marvel, 
you know, keeper of knowledge with all the content I've been consuming recently, all the knowledge, I mean, all the studying. I've been studying. My wife says I'm studying like I'm in college right now. I'm just every day putting in five, six hours, taking notes. I'm doing all this in-depth studying of all the Marvel stories. And really because I'm so inspired to find how much of the great ideas that are happening in the MCU that I love already was really established in the comics. I used to think there was just vague ideas, but there's so many issues of comics and stories where they've lifted and changed things um, that you know they're great to read them and see, number one, how their versions went. And number two, you also come across other stories Marvel's never done yet in the MCU that are actually good stories, very interesting creative ideas. Really been enjoying checking it out. So definitely let me know. I'm on Marvel Unlimited. There's a lot of you know great comics in there you guys could be reading. Uh, honestly, just not enough time in the day to get around to everything. But hopefully you guys are checking it out um, and let me know what you're reading. Maybe get a little book club. I was thinking about starting a comic book club for the um, the Discord channel. I'm not sure how if everyone feels about that or whatever. Also, we're still doing a lot of research on the Marvel game and the D&D game. So we'll, we'll let you guys know. But let me know if you what you guys think basically down in the comments or reach out to me on social media and we'll see what you're thinking. Movie of the week. I got a chance to see Insidious Red Door, and I was really surprised by it because I thought it was a really good movie. I rewatched part one and part two, which go into Insidious Red Door, which is technically part five, but three and four are prequels. So you should watch them. I recommend the same way. Watch part one, watch part two, then watch the newest film, Insidious Red Door, which is technically part five. But it's actually, that's the trilogy right there. Um, I haven't seen the prequels yet. I skipped them. I'll go back and watch them. But part five, um, Insidious Red Door, was such a good film. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was so surprised that it had gotten that good. I think the Bloom, the Bloomverse, or whatever you call it, the, the horror movies from Bloomhouse, they all connect to each other. Um, the Annabelle universe, or whichever character you go with, the Conjuring universe. Um, I'm honestly not sure. But <laughs> watching Insidious, I'm aware that some of these characters have showed up in the other films. And I remember there's a bunch of horror movies. And that was great for Insidious the Red Door because it seems like it hasn't had a sequel that directly went to like the second one in about 10 years. So some of the actors are older, some of the characters have gotten older, and that was cool seeing this universe that at first was kind of maybe like a fad for a few years. I feel like now having like a mature film where it's stretched out, there was some more history there for it to go over, and it handled it really well. I think it handled it as good as possible that, um, you know, our best is... as as. I think the MCU, you know, typically does it the best when it comes to handling big stories. And I love seeing smaller films like this, um, you know, smaller budget films, being able to basically give you that same blockbuster kind of story for a much, much lower price. I hope they make a bunch of money at the box office to really reward them for it. Because I would like to see more creative films, films that don't rely so heavily on CGI and big cast and just really rely on great storytelling. And Insidious to Red Door had great storytelling. So I don't want to spoil it for you guys too much. That's my pick for movie of the week. I hope you check it out and I hope you get ready because we're probably going to do a lot more horror type films as the Halloween season gets closer. Um, yeah, let's do it. You know, one of the reasons I got into podcasting is because I kind of feel like I'm right about most things. And I think people would hear me say that and say, well, that sounds arrogant. And it's not. It's not really that. I mean, to understand what it's like to be me and experience life through my eyes. Sometimes I'm sitting down and I think about a situation. And then I think about everything I can because I really appreciate truth. I don't try to go at things from bias. I try to bring in all the information I can. I might even look things up. 
And then eventually I have my gut tells me, based on all that stuff that I come across and what I'm experiencing in the world, what I'm hearing from people, all the different things going on, I say, this is what it is, this is what it's not. And I did that today. I recently sat there and thought, you know, speaking of Suits on Netflix, which I'm going to mention later on in the podcast, you know, Suits is a show that was on the USA Network for nine years. Um, It's a show that I did not know about. I heard no one speak of it. I used to work in the office and every single day I went into work, no one mentioned Suits to me, right? And I think that happens a lot with USA shows. The last show I watched from USA was called Animal Kingdom. I liked the first one or two seasons. I mentioned it to a few people at the office. No one else went and watched it. No one cared. I liked it. It kind of reminded me of Sons of Anarchy. And I never heard anything else about it. I, I think it still was on the air for a while, but I didn't really watch it anymore. I thought the show kind of ran its course. But Suits I never heard of. So when I saw it came to Netflix, I didn't care. Um, and then everyone was talking about it. Everyone's going crazy about this show. And I'm like, how are you going crazy about this show that's nine years old? If it was a good show, we all would have watched it. But that's not the case. Really, just like Squid Games, people are talking about Suits as if it's like this new show that never existed before. Um, and they're so surprised and so happy that it's on Netflix. And I, when I had that feeling, I said, that goes, that's proof right there that no one's watching anything else besides Netflix. These other streaming services and the cable itself are still losing to Netflix. And that's so interesting because two years ago, before the pandemic or about three years ago before the pandemic, it seemed like HBO Max and Disney Plus was going to kill Netflix. There was all these great press they were getting. Everyone was so excited, so eager to try out their new things and enjoy all their new apps and services. And over time, I've heard Disney saying they're going to scale back a little bit on their streaming platform. Discovery took over HBO and Discovery you know, started taking some of their HBO shows off the streaming platform and licensing them out to other people to make money. Um, it just didn't look good. So my gut instinct said, hey, you know what? I, I wonder, you know, they used to keep reporting that Disney was getting more and more subscribers. I wonder if that's still the case now. Is Disney Plus still getting more and more subscribers? Who are these people that are signing up? I don't think that's the case. I think Netflix kind of solidified itself, at least for now, as the dominant streaming person, the new, basically, cable. And I don't think anybody's going to dethrone them. That was my gut reaction. That's how I felt. I felt like I was probably right. And used to verify before I said anything to anybody else. I didn't give anyone that hot take. I went to research, check my math, and do, do my due diligence, see if I was right. And I was 100% right, of course. That's what Samurai does, right? <laughs> because sure enough, I found articles that explain Disney Plus has actually been losing subscribers for a few you know, quarterly periods. HBO Max losing subscribers. I even found out that Disney Plus's numbers were a bit inflated because some of those initial reportings took into account the fact that they had basically took over a network out of India. That they showed cricket and they also showed HBO all on that network. So if you were subscribed to that, it counted as Disney Plus subscribers. Since then, that network has lost cricket and they no longer have HBO. So a lot of people are leaving that, and you're starting to see that number kind of get pulled out of Disney Plus. And it was making it seem like certain subscribers were there because of Disney content, but in actuality, they're there for something else. And now that they've lost those things, they're leaving. Um, And that's the problem I think that Disney Plus and HBO Max has, is they're good at making one film, one show that may come out every other month, and everyone will go watch it, and that's cool. But they don't have the kind of content that keeps people always on the app, makes people always open the app by default. And Netflix has a bunch of things. Even things I don't watch, I do acknowledge that other people watch it, like cooking shows. They have a lot of documentaries. They have um, 
all kinds of different series, reality shows in there on, on there more than ever. This is the kind of stuff people can put on and just sit back and let, let the TV play all day instead of paying for cable. Again, for $17, $18, whatever it is for Netflix right now, you have access to unlimited content, old series, and you see all this negative media. Every single time some big series leaves Netflix, they talk like it's the end of the world. Every single time a new streaming service pops up, they talk like they're the ones that are going to kill Netflix. And finally, the dust is kind of settled and Netflix has shown not only did they have their claws into everyone pretty much, but even with the password sharing lockdown and everything else they've done, they've actually seen an increase in people. Some people left initially and then they came back and resubscribed as new accounts. So that worked out for them. They knew it worked out because it worked out from overseas. And now they have even, again, acquisitions like this where they're bringing in suits or getting other characters to come in um, and just really showing how dominant they are in that space. So it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. I don't like the idea of any company going away. I do kind of wish that Disney and HBO Max would find more ways to be competitive and have more content that would keep people constantly on the app, but they're just not there yet. And the idea that they're scaling back and maybe not making as much content, um, that's a bit disappointing too. I wish they would find smaller stories they can tell and you know somehow get that content on there. But so far, they haven't. your hair down and relax take a little stretch it's the after show thank you so much for hanging out with me for another podcast um and we're going to talk a little bit about my personal life and myself if you guys made it this far this is the easter eggs of the show this is where we get out of pop culture entertainment and i share you a little bit about what's going on with me um i'm going to get a surgery i haven't got a surgery since i was 18 so it's the first time in about 20 years that's 20 years um, that I've gotten a surgery of going going under the knife. And I, I would, you know, I'm not supposed to be like worried about it. I guess sometimes I'm like, mm, that's a little weird. But it's not that big of a deal. And we'll see how it goes, right? But it should be fine. Um, I imagine I'll be complaining about it next week on the podcast because I have to heal for a few weeks afterwards. Um, but yeah, I got that going on in my personal life. So I got that in my head and just trying to like eat and drink and do everything that's like the best thing possible, like for pre-surgery. Um but we'll see how that goes. And I think we'll talk about it. I don't know if we'll talk about it so much on the podcast. I thought actually right now I was going to get a little more into it. And now I'm thinking maybe I should keep that a little, a little secret, right? Keep it a little pulled back. Another thing I'm really enjoying, I'm enjoying Reddit. I'm enjoying Reddit a lot in the small communities on Reddit. I really haven't realized how horrible a lot of social media platforms are because there's just too many people. And I kind of felt this way a lot about the internet, you know, in general, where you get into some things and it's hard to really enjoy things because you're not there with like people that you're really interested in or that you want to hang out with and talk. It's like going to a party with 10 million people. It's like, how do you know who you can connect with here? And how, your people that you would connect with, maybe they're too spread apart. But I have some pretty good communities I'm in. Um, the Fortnite creative community, I love for the most part. It's a, you know, it's a little bit too popular there still, um, meaning that it brings some kind of you know attitudes and people that are a bit arrogant and rude sometimes. But for the most part, like 80% of that community is really nice and really helpful and supportive and a lot of good energy there. Um, so if you guys have any interest in Fortnite or even making you know maps in Fortnite or learning about what maps to play, check out the Fortnite creative community. Um, you know, one thing is, you know, on the actual creative in Fortnite, 
Epic features a few maps, but they don't feature all the latest cutting edge maps until maybe after every Tuesday, they update some things. And if maps aren't popular, they'll might never get featured up there. So you can see a lot of people, you know, saying what maps they've played they think are amazing or other people who are trying to get attention to their maps, sharing them. You can find it there first in Reddit. You also can see which posts are popular from the past. I really love Reddit as a social media platform. Um, I think it's nice that you can find communities and groups you can get in with like-minded people for the most part, usually. At least a lot better, you know, per person than you would in other platforms. That's definitely the place I think there is to be right now. Um, I'm having a horrible time with Facebook. And I'm constantly shoving news in my face about CM Punk, which I do not care. Um, I don't like talking bad about people on the podcast. I don't know CM Punk in real life. I'm aware of this. He's just a character to me. I don't know the man as a real person. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. My point is, I do not care. I really hate how, you know, as a personality, why I used to really love this guy and support him as an athlete and an entertainer, um, I just hate how all the stories are negative about him now. I know that's what the press is doing. But on Facebook, I can't block him as a keyword. And I was really, really aggravated to find out that I previously could do that on Facebook a few years ago. And they silently removed the feature for something that benefits Facebook and not us. And that's one of the biggest things where I say, yeah, I love Facebook. I love Meta. I love some of the things they're doing. They're one of the most amazing companies. They're so powerful. And they could do a lot of great things for mankind if they wanted to. I'm pretty sure they can afford it. Um, and this is where I have to side with Elon, which I don't always love everything Elon does either. But I really don't like the fact that I can't block keywords anymore on Facebook. I go over to X. On X, you still can, right? Which is a feature they had back when Twitter was out. Um, and I was really happy I can go on there and I made it my default app. So all week, now I'm going to do some social media. I'm on X or I'm on Reddit and I'm happier for it. I'm not seeing anything negative, anything that I wouldn't really enjoy, basically. Um, I'm all for information, but I'm not for repeating over and over and over again some kind of clickbaity, you know, sensationalized trash during the week. And I wouldn't even think CM Punk is not even for that. I think he'd be like, yeah, you know, forget that stuff. This stuff is stupid. I feel like he'd be above it, and um, hopefully he'd appreciate that. So even though I blocked him on, you know, on X, I'm not blocking him. The person, the man, I don't know him. I'm blocking the concept of the media right now, taking his name and using it to just run trash articles with trash advertisements on them over and over again because my algorithm obviously shows I like wrestling, um, and it's really frustrating. So that's what I had to do. I had to make that pivot. Um, little girl went back to school this week. Little boy went back to school this week, but he's he's pretty much a grown man at this point. I'm hoping that for my his senior year, I can really just you know lay back and not have to worry about things anymore. Put it in his court and um, see him become a young man. I'm looking forward to that. We'll see how it goes. I know for me, that's how my senior year was. It was very more independence, a lot more independent for me than other years, and um, and it was great. I thought it was a great time for me and my mom to kind of become. Not equals, but, you know, her accepted me as a young adult. It was a nice, you know, feeling to have or getting that, that chances and not really blowing it. I hope he succeeds well in the same the same way. You know, my daughter, she's going into third grade. She is cool. She's happy and excited about it. Um, and really, I'm happy with her swimming and everything she's got going on. And, yeah, I mean, those are kind of things that, you know, I got going on in my mind. And thinking a lot about my friends and really appreciating my friends that are there for me, people that are still reaching out and contacting me. In whatever way that you can, you know, I definitely think over time, relationships change because of time, right? Things are just not always going to be the same or be as great as they once were, or they might be great now, but just in a different way. So I hope you guys are out there enjoying your time. And if you're, you're missing somebody and you want to reconnect, um, I encourage you to reach out to them. Who cares? You say hi, drop a line, see how it goes, um, and then spend that time whenever you can. 
But I think that's everything I got. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week. I hope you guys have a great week, a great start to your December, and I will see you next Thursday. Peace.